Netflix rom-com about a guy who is suing a dating app and the lawyer who is representing him. I am here for it. So, Love Guaranteed follows Nick, who is suing the dating app Love Guaranteed because he went on a thousand dates and he never found love. And a thousand dates is in the fine print of Love Guaranteed that you have to go on a thousand dates for the guarantee to be in effect. And he is, you know, the love interest in the story is Susan, who is an overworked, struggling lawyer who represents Nick in the suit. And it is a classic rom-com with funny side characters and a stupid plot that you totally love. And it's so just fun and cute and like very typical rom-com, but I am here for it. So go check it out. Books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I am Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. We're just going to talk through the plot. Um, obviously, there's no writing to start off talking about. Um, and so I love that we start with Susan in the courthouse bathroom, giving herself some positive self-talk, and she's prepping herself up for her closing statement. And I love that the bailiff was in there and is like, I like the second version. And then, honestly, Susan seems like a great lawyer in terms of like the content of her speeches and like her opening and closing and stuff. But she talks to the courtroom audience the whole time, which like if your case is just being talked like presided over by a judge you talk to the judge and if you have a jury you address the jury the courtroom audience doesn't matter and like the reason I know all this is because through high school I volunteered for this program called peer court um in Santa Clara County where basically minors who had committed a like misdemeanor and been cited by the probation department came to us and we held a trial not to determine guilt or innocence they had to admit wrongdoing but we held a trial to determine interventions that would help them get back on track and learn from their mistake and not actually make the mistake like that again right and so as part of that volunteer program I was a defense or prosecutor for cases and so I had to get up and present opening statements I had to you know, question witnesses. I had to object. I had to address a judge, right? So I did all the, like, lawyery things. And so I, like, I mean, I'm not, like, a legal expert, obviously, but I know, like, a, like, enough to look at, like, this, right? And, like, I was, like, her speech is good. She's doing what we were taught to do in peer court, but she's just, she's not addressing the people you're supposed to be addressing, which bugged me a little because they did so well with the content of the speeches. Anyways, that is like totally not important and we need to move on um and then we see susan driving around in her old ass car that is bright orange and keeps falling apart and she has to keep putting the handle in her purse which is such a like stupid rom-com thing that they would do where it's like she has this like weird tick with her old car and stuff and the intro to this reminds me of the intro of 10 things i hate about you and, like, I love that because 10 Things I Hate About You is a quality movie. 
Um, and then we see Susan living right next to her sister, which is really cute. And then Susan just has a fridge full of takeout and she's sipping wine, which is such a millennial thing, but we love it. And of course, she's sipping wine, staring dramatically out of her window at a rainy sky because it can't be a rom-com if somebody is not staring dramatically out of a window at a rainy sky. I don't care if it's set in freaking Hawaii, you know, or California or the desert. Like, there is a rainy sky and a dramatic staring out a window scene. Um... And then we see Susan and Nick running into each other at the coffee cart, and Susan is on the phone and totally oblivious to the fact that she's blocking Nick's path. And then as they're walking the same way, Nick attacks her about her pumpkin spice latte, which pumpkin spice lattes are actually pretty good, Nick, so you can just go away because it is some quality coffee, and, you know, I'm here for it. And it only happens every so often, so go away. Stop attacking pumpkin spice lattes. And then we see them both walk into the office and Nick's her client which you know obviously hilarious and then we see her assistants throw her like a celebration to make up for the fact that they were losing their water cooler and Susan's assistants are the best and they're so funny and they're typical like one-dimensional just there to be funny rom-com side characters but it's okay because I love them um and then okay Here's what annoys me about Nick is he was all at her about having a pumpkin spice latte, but he very seriously wants to sue a dating app. So like, you have no ground to stand on to attack people's life choices. You are suing a dating app. I mean, he's gonna donate the proceeds and da 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 da, but you are suing a dating app very seriously. So you don't get to say shit about Susan's coffee choices. Um, and then he says the phrase a reckless endangerment of the human heart and i don't know why but i love that line and if i ever write a book i am stealing that line and it is going in that book you know i love it and then we see susan and her sister talking on the couch and her sister reminding her that shameless pays the bills and that susan should take the case and then when susan says she's going to take the case we love that her her assistants set her up on Love Guaranteed for research purposes only. Um, and then we see, we learn that Nick named the dates like Friends episodes, which was very funny and I loved it. And then we see the editing of jumping back and forth between Susan's two and a half Love Guaranteed dates and Susan going to corroborate Nick's dates and like get testimony from those women which was very funny and I love that she was doing it at the Chinese restaurant next door and the owner was like looking over at her and like giving her a discount on her meal and like hyping her up for her dates and stuff that was really cute um and then obviously you know intermittent fasting guy was pretty funny and then the guy who walked in who looked nothing like her his picture and then walked out because Susan looked nothing like her picture like, no, that's not okay. Susan looked exactly like her picture, and he needed to go away. Um, and then we see Susan go and meet Nick at work to drop off some papers. And Nick is a physical therapist for old people, which is so cute. And Nick is Bus Guy's physical therapist, and Bus Guy sent Nick to Susan to set them up, which I love. Bus Guy is iconic. Um... And then Susan totally, after this, crashes Nick's 1,000th date to, like, stalk him to look at, like, what happens on a date and is outed because intermittent fasting guy gets really drunk because he doesn't eat, so alcohol goes straight to his system. And 
he's like, Susan, Susan, and then Nick's like, oh, and then she goes over to Nick's table, because his date is a fucking mess, and she orders a burger, and the waitress is like, that's it, a burger, no special request, and Susan's like, oh, extra mayo, and her, the waitress is like, I like this one, which I loved, I love when, like, Nick goes to that same dinner place and that same table all the time and the waitress is like she's a good one because she will just eat a burger and then she's like oh so this is your lucky table right and he's like no actually this one's cursed let's move and like oh it was so cute he was like no we can't sit at the table where all my thousand dates have failed this table is bad juju let's move oh and then of course they're swapping childhood stories and it's so cute and they make plans to watch the fugitive together and it's the best dinner that they've ever had and then nick's walking to her car and he's like it would be the one i didn't see coming it's just so cute and i love them and i love like when people start to fall in love and i'm a sucker and this movie was adorable um and then we go and we see the meeting with Love Guaranteed and Love Guaranteed's lawyers. And obviously, Tamara Taylor is such a stereotype of like, I go pray in the Himalayas with the Sherpas and I don't even know what I'm saying. But you get what I mean, right? She's like, I spent 10 years in a Tibetan monastery and all that shit. Um, and then Susan kicks ass at the meeting and tells them that they're gonna see you in court and correcting the quote that Tamara said and Nick standing up for Susan being like this is why I picked her as a lawyer and no we're not gonna take your settlement and then after dropping the mic have to wait for the elevator which always take the stairs in that situation and who is an elevator that opens up into a conference room that seems kind of counterintuitive like there are other like rooms on that floor because we see her assistant like walk in and out of doors so why do you like open the elevator into a conference room like unless you just want to make people awkward waiting on their way out but like it just it doesn't seem right you know like figure out something else you're rich rearrange your whole situation up there um and then they hug in the elevator and it was so cute and then nick debriefs his whole interaction with bus guy which we love i love that nick and bus guy go out for drinks and like hang out and stuff and then bus guy's like pushing nick to get with susan and nick's like what if i sink and he's like well what if you swim and like oh bus guy is just so great and doing the lord's work pushing nick and susan together honestly um and then we see susan go back and tell her assistants to light the seahawks candle and pray to the seahawks while doing case prep which was funny but as a bay area resident and a 49ers fan fuck the seahawks no don't pray to the seahawks i hate the seahawks no um and then we see susan insta stalking nick as one does and going to meet with his ex-fiance and that meeting was so awkward even though she stayed for all of two seconds and then she's like oh you predate my case like I'm gonna leave it was still like the most awkward thing to ever exist in the history of ever and I hated it um and then she's working really late on a Friday night and sends Nick the you up text and he's like is this a booty call and she's like what like Susan is so out of touch it's so funny and then they end up like calling and talking on the phone and like I love that like every time I mean they've already met in person right so it's not as fun as like if like a text relationship upgrades to like phone calls but even then they were just like texting and then they 
like called each other and like the first call is always so awkward but so fun and so cute and it leads to them walking around the lake the next day and talking about the case and about life and then eating takeout at Susan's and Nick confessing all the shit with Ariana which like props to him for open communication because like eight times out of ten in a romance novel he doesn't actually explain how badly he was hurt and it's just like this weird thing and then it eventually he'll be like I got cheated on that's why I'm not trusting and that's why I don't know where this is gonna go and it'd be some like huge thing and so props to Nick for it not becoming a huge thing and there being open communication about stuff because romance novels need more open communication um but like you know I still do feel bad that all of that happened to Nick and it was not okay and you know, he does not deserve to be cheated on. But then Susan started holding his hand while Nick told her about it, which was really cute. And then Susan's sister water breaks and her sister is like totally chill and her husband's like freaking out and it's very funny. And then Nick offers to stay and help babysit her nephew while her sister goes and has the baby and then her nephew is not going to sleep so Susan lawyers the four-year-old and Nick just comes in with ice cream and is like here you go kid go to bed and it's very funny and they would make great parents if those were their two parenting strategies (laughs) and then the moment they had on the couch where they were gonna kiss and he ruined it by saying he had to leave like fucking kiss her I hated that so much because then he hugged her at the door and admitted he was donating the money, and they admitted they were sorry, and they judged each other, and they were gonna kiss again, and then they did it, and, like, what the fuck? You don't get to just have two moments and not kiss both times, like, that's not how it works. You gotta kiss one out of two times at least. Like, it was so annoying and maddening, because I was like, y'all like each other, it'd be really cute. Her apartment, or her house is right next door, you just go over there, like, ugh, it was maddening. I hated it. Um, but then, you know, the next morning, Susan comes into the office all dreamy, and, like, obviously it's totally exaggerated to the point where she puts fish food in her coffee, but I did love it, and it was really cute, and, like, you have to have one scene where, like, especially if she's super uptight, right? Like, if there's a super uptight character in a romance, there has to be a scene where they come in all dreamy and happy and you know, out of it and not doing anything right. And so, like, I appreciated it. And then we see the Love Guaranteed lawyer ruin her dreaminess because he calls and threatens Susan about Ariana and calling Ariana to the stand and threatens Susan about Susan and Nick kind of being a thing, which, like, fuck him. He's an asshole. Um, because after that, Susan starts ignoring his calls, which is not okay, especially after you two almost kiss. You can't just then ignore his calls. Because he's gonna think it's about him, which it was about him. But, like, no! Tell him! Be like, look, the Love Guaranteed lawyers are saying this, and so we need to hold off. And then after the case is over, if you want to take me out on a date, that is fine. Like, more open communication! See? This all could have been avoided. But no, she's just choosing to ignore his calls, which, like, ugh. And then Susan freaks out on the swings with her sister, And finally picks up his call and is like, I don't want to see you. Which, like, no, you don't get to finally pick up his call to be like, I don't think we should be together. That's not how it works. You finally pick up his call and be like, hey, I actually really like you, but we can't because of the case. So, like, let's wait until the case is over and then I'm down to go on a date. Like, that's how it works and then things are avoided and it doesn't have to be this whole thing. But, like, 
Ugh, nobody ever does that. Nobody in romance ever has common sense. I swear to fucking God. It's the most annoying thing to ever exist in the history of ever. Um, and then after the phone call, we see Nick telling bus guy that he sunk, which is not cool. I hated that. Not fair. Um, and then we montage Susan walking and helping out with the baby and not being with Nick, and it really sucks. And then going into court, Nick is, like, protecting her from the reporters, which was really cute. And then her opening was so sound, especially in terms of what I learned in peer court, you had to be an opening. I was, like, mentally checking off the things, and I was like, your opening sound. I love it. Iconic. And then the psych expert is a win. All the former dates are a win. Even calling Ariana to the stand is a win. And, like... All of the things were going right in the case, and then we see Susan crying in her car about Nick, which was not fair, and I hated it because the case was going so well, and Susan was really sad, and then randomly we see the owner of the Chinese restaurant coming to court to support her, and we see intermittent fasting guy in court to support her, which we love. Um, and then, okay, the one thing I have issue with is, again, Susan is not facing her witnesses half the time when she's questioning them, which, like, face your damn witnesses or face the jury, but she's facing the courtroom audience, which makes no impact on the case whatsoever. So, like, girl, you're wasting your energy. Um, and then we see Nick and Ariana talking after Ariana was on the stand and her being like, you love your lawyer, like, do something about it, which we love. And then Nick gets on the stand and totally confesses his love for Susan and shoots his case in the foot and drops the suit. And like, it was so romantic and cute. And he said that someone told him to dive in and that was a reference to bus guy. And he asked her if she loves him. And the judge makes her answer the question and they kiss and everyone claps. And I love it. And I was like, it was so cute. But also, I was so of two minds because I was like, your case! You had your case in the bag! All you had to do is just say you didn't find love or whatever, which I, I understand is perjury, and that's not how this works, right? We're not how to get away with murder. This isn't, like, bad lawyering. But, like, it, you had your case! You worked so hard! But, I mean, he got love, right? Like, I was, I was a little conflicted, but then I was like, but this is so cute, and I love it. And then Tamara offers to pay legal fees and donate money to build the hospital wing if Nick and Susan agree to be the face of love guaranteed. And we love that Susan negotiates more money out of this. And then they kiss outside the courthouse, and it has the caption of the one he didn't see coming show up. And it was really cute. And then we end with the ads for love guaranteed that Nick and Susan did. And we see the asterisks and then all the side effects um, and like of love, which were so funny. And I didn't even read all of them, but like the ones I did read were very funny and I very much appreciated it. So to wrap up this episode, I loved the movie. It was so cute and funny and sweet and a traditional rom-com and amazing and great. And like I was here for it and it was such a fun story and Nick and Susan were so such fun characters and like obviously I'm not a lawyer but from what I learned at peer court the legal stuff was kind of sound which I appreciate it being semi-accurate and so honestly it was just a great movie and it's a great one to like chill and watch and it's fun and cute and lighthearted and everything I need in a rom-com honestly except for open communication but you can't expect open communication out of a rom-com so I guess I can let it slide so yeah I have been Maya Ghosh and this has been my take on the movie Love Guaranteed thanks for listening so we're kind of a one-woman show here at my take so the credits are not going to be very long this podcast is produced and edited 
um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.